I don't know if I've ever told you, but years ago, long before I ever met my husband, I was actually engaged to someone different. And uh, obviously that didn't work out. And the way that engagement ended was my then fiance spent three or four months trying to decide whether or not he still loved me, at the end of which apparently he concluded he didn't because he called things off. Well, during that period, I moved to Florida away from all my friends and everything familiar where I'd been in college. I started grad school and my beloved grandmother died. So to be frank, it was a truly awful season of life. A few weeks after this breakup, I was driving home, I don't even remember from where, and I stopped to get gas, and uh, the icing on that terrible cake, my gas gauge was broken. Well, uh, it just so happened at that time, I was living with my parents, and uh, when you went in their house, my dad's office was immediately to your right. So when I discovered that my gas gauge had uh, called it quits, kind of like my love life, I got back in my car, drove that mile or two back to their house, went inside, went straight to my dad, who's at his desk, sat on his lap, and burst into tears. In that moment, when it felt like everything was falling apart, what I needed was my dad. My gas gauge giving up the ghost was the final straw, and I felt like I had nothing left to give. No strength, no energy, no more endurance, Nothing. I couldn't keep going on my own. I needed my dad. We were never made to go through life alone. We were never made to be strong enough for all the ups and downs of life on our own. We were made to be dependent, to do life in community. We were made in the image of the Trinity, God's community of love within himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But even though we were made to rely on others, the truth is, other people, no matter how wonderful those people are, other people will never be enough to meet that need. Even the best community will never be enough. They'll never be able to fully plumb the terrifying depths of heartbreak with us. They'll never be able to ascend to those unimaginable, breathtaking heights of joy with us. They'll never have enough patience for all of the shifts and turns of daily emotions, the stressors and surprises of day-to-day -day life. They'll never fully meet our needs. Because let's be honest, we all have our own needs and heartbreaks and joys that consume us even when we want to be there, heart and soul, for a friend or loved one. We need God. We need the love, strength, protection, encouragement, comfort, and yes, even humor of our Heavenly Father in our lives. We are made to be dependent, healthily dependent, not just on other people, but most especially on God. C.S. Lewis wrote, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn, or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. If you go out in that parking lot, there's a lot of great cars out there, I'm sure, but you can't put water in one of those cars and expect it to go anywhere 
If you get stranded on the side of the highway because you've run out of gas or charge, you can't open a water bottle and dump it in, it's not going to work. It's not designed to run on anything other than its fuel. We are not designed to run on anything other than God. And the Christian life is a life lived in and through the Trinity. And you know what? This is not news. This is not earth-shattering, groundbreaking news. Paul wrote about this to the Roman Christians in the first century. For those Christians in Rome, they had found life, to, especially as Christians, to be hard. And they needed God's help to make it through each day. First of all, life in Rome, Christian or otherwise, was difficult. It was difficult. Cities back then were places of dirt and filth and disease. And they had neither the sanitation nor the medication we had now to deal with that. So epidemics were common. And then there was the legal system, which was strongly biased towards the elites, which were a small, small subset of society. Most people suffered. And if that were not enough, if life was not hard enough with all those factors, it was even harder for Christians because they were rejected by everyone else who considered them atheists because they believed in only one God. People would look for, something to, for someone to blame when something went wrong, and Christians made easy scapegoats. They were different, they were marginalized, and most of them were poor. Who better to pick on in ancient Rome? Life for Christians in ancient Rome was incredibly hard. So when Paul writes to them about suffering in the passage we read today, He's talking about profound and almost constant pain and struggle. In seasons like that in our own lives, or moments even of desperation, it is much easier for us to see our need for help, our own dependence, to see that we are made to be dependent, just like I was acutely aware of my need for my dad when everything else seemed like it was falling apart. So writing to these Christians in the midst of this intense awareness of their need, Paul reminds them to whom they should turn. He writes, we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. And this is the part where the Trinity comes in. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. This love of God that he's talking about is the same love that's so famously discussed in John 3:16, for God so loved the world. This is the love of the Father, a love so great that he sent his only son to die for us. So how do we experience the Father's love, whether in that constant hardship of ancient Rome, the heartache of lost love, or simply the ups and downs of daily life? And how does that love guarantee the hope that we develop and grow into in the midst of suffering? Well, through the work of the Spirit, who pours that love into our hearts and sanctifies us through suffering and through depending on him. Paul is reminding the Romans to whom to turn when life is just too much. He is reminding them who they can really depend on. But their dependence on the Trinity is more than just the voluntary, conscious turning to God in those moments of acute need or suffering. Remembering suffering just makes us aware 
It just makes us aware of the dependence and need we have that are always there, always. The very state of being the Romans are in, the Roman Christians are in, that allows them to turn to God the Father in the first place, that very state of being is dependent on the Trinity. As Paul writes at the beginning of the passage, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. In other words, the good relationship we have with the Father is only possible because of the work of the Son. He is the one who has justified us. He is the one who gives us access to approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. The Son gives us entrance into this life of communion with God. He earns forgiveness for us and grants us access to God's grace. The Father's incomprehensibly great love gives us hope that we can depend on him and that he will never abandon us or fail us. If he sent his son to die for us, we can be guaranteed that that love will not fade away or be cut off. And it is the Spirit who pours that love into our hearts and lives, confirming that hope. Today on Trinity Sunday, we have to acknowledge, we have to, that the life of the Christian is inescapably, unalterably Trinitarian. A beautiful dependence that we, like the Roman Christians, become acutely aware of in our moments of need, but that is there all the time, whether we realize it or not. Where are you turning when life is hard? Whom are you depending on most day to day? It's good to have interdependent relationships within our communities. Don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to you know, start shunning all your friends here at St. George's. No, we need community too. I don't want to discourage that. But our ultimate dependence should be on God. Remember what C.S. Lewis wrote that I shared with you. We are made to run on God like machines are made to run on fuel. If we're relying on anything or anyone more than we are relying on God, well, it just won't out work out very well. Only God can fully hold us up. Trinity Sunday is our reminder together to turn to our Heavenly Father more, to approach him with all the boldness that comes from knowing we are living in a state of grace, thanks to Jesus' work on our behalf, and that Jesus is always interceding for us. It allows us to approach our Father, empowered by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. So what does it look like to rely on God like that? Well, it means praying and it means trusting. It's as simple as that. Praying frequently and honestly with an openness to what God is saying to us and trusting that his love for us is so great that nothing we can do can undo it. That whatever happens, he will never leave us nor forsake us. So whenever you feel that spike of fear, or anxiety, or pain, or whatever it is, pray. Pray. And whenever you wonder if God really cares, remember that he cared enough to die for you. And when God does good and wonderful things in your life, when he provides or blesses you or answers prayers in wonderful ways, make a note of it. Write it down. Tell a friend. And then revisit that note when things get hard. 
Rely on God. Rely on the Trinity. That was how we were made to live. Now, to be honest with you, though, at times when things have gotten hard in my life, I've had trouble really, really believing that God does want good things for me, that his love wasn't distant or um, very pragmatic, if you will, that I mattered to him. And that doubt made it a lot harder for me to rely on him. Maybe some of you have had that same struggle at times. One of the best antidotes to that sort of fear and doubt, one of the best ways to help us feel confident in relying on God is to remember what it means to call God our Father. I once heard it explained this way. Imagine with me for a second a great and powerful king. His word is law, and the laws he enacts no one can undo. He goes through life resplendent in majesty and strikes awe into the hearts of all who see him. Imagine that king for a moment. Now tell me this, who would dare to wake up that king in the middle of the night to ask for a glass of water? Who would be so bold to disturb his slumber, to wake him up, to shake him awake, just to ask for water? Only one person could do that. That king's child. Only one person. That is our relationship with the all-powerful king of the universe. We are the children that can disturb him at any time with even our smallest, seemingly most inconsequential needs. And not only can we disturb him and ask him without fear, but he will care. He does care. He wants us to. Thanks be to God, the holy three in one, who is always there for us, in whom we live and move and have our being, on whom we can fully and confidently rely and who loves us more than we can even understand. Amen.